You're listening to the Go For Growth Podcast with Doug Hall. Welcome to the Go For Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Hall, and with me today, I'm honored to have Jeff Rogers, the chairman and founder of One Accord of Kirkland, Washington, which is a major suburb of Seattle. And with that, I'd like to let Jeff kind of introduce himself because the reason he's my guest is I know and respect him, number one, but number two, he has a really unique business model and I really want him to explain it rather than me messing it up. So Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Doug. It's an honor to be uh, on the podcast and hopefully uh, serve the good work that you do as well as just the multitude of business owners and leaders that engage through this podcast. So my hope and prayer is that it's a value-add content for all involved. So it's a pleasure Thank to be you. here. I, I know it will be value-add. So I'm really eager to hear your, what you're going to share with us, Jeff. So the first thing I want to ask is, how did you get the idea for One Accord? And like, what is it? So tell us, kind of take us back to the beginning and how you got the idea and how it's evolved over the, over the decades here. In terms of One Accord beginning, which was in 2005, it was born out of a desire I have to build teams. At the essence, and I think one of the elements of being successful in a career, and, and I mean that successful in a holistic sense, is aligning with really how you're you're gifted or you're wired, really what your DNA is. And if if I look historically, I've always enjoyed building teams. And my work history began with a company called Southwestern Company in 1980. And I worked there 20 years, starting as a salesperson. And I grew a sales organization uh, to about 400 people in a couple countries. And over that period, what I found I enjoyed, although while the sales were good and I performed well in the sales function, it was really seeing other people do well that motivated. That's really what gave me passion and is building and growing teams. If we back prior to that, my dad was a business owner in Seattle and um and so he had a company here, and I watched him as an entrepreneur, and I watched my grandparents as entrepreneurs in another suburb called Ballard uh, with their business. And so I grew up in a family of business owners. And the plan, I thought, was to go to work in my dad's company and take over that business, but realizing he has a boutique company that he's now sold, and it did very well, and it was a very good business but it wouldn't have ripple effects through numbers of people. And I really enjoy um, like a coach. Uh, There's some folks who are, maybe they were so-so players, maybe they were great players, but the attribute of being a great player doesn't always make one a great coach. And I'm thrilled as a coach to see other people do well. So I had that in my DNA and that was always motivating me. If you, then think of the time frame. I I went out on our own, and as I mentioned, One Accord formally began in 2005, but from 2000 to 2005, it was in process of development, and the market in 99-2000 was incredibly strong. Uh, companies mm-hmm. going public all the time, the internet was really taking off. We knew it led to a bubble, but what I saw uh, were companies that 
didn't really have good process and structure to scale. And their business plan was built on what we now know to be not really a solid foundation. At that time, people didn't see it, but I think I saw it. And so what I began doing is contracting myself and then developing a team of uh, professionals that could serve private companies and how they could grow profitably and build scale and process and systems. So it's always been back to that enjoyment of coaching and developing and seeing others grow. And so that led to then the founding formally of One Accord in 2005. Great. So you prototyped it during 2000 to 2005, kind of perfected what you wanted and then launched. Yes. Yes. That would be a good way to say it. So when you really peel the onion back, what's your fundamental why of you went in, of why you went into business for yourself? I mean, you were successful in sort of a corporate job at Southwestern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the, un, apart from your DNA, which I totally respect, I get that from your family, but what's the real why as to why you wanted to go off on your own? You know, again, I would go back to, um, th- there's an organization, Doug, that, uh, coincided that I found it in the Seattle area called Kairos. It's K-I-R-O-S dot org. And Kairos has now several thousand business people involved in it uh, with it in the in this Pacific Northwest region. And one of the unintended consequences of that is I get to meet executives regularly who find themselves in transition, sometimes unexpectedly. Uh, sometimes yeah. intentionally. And so I've had over 600 meetings one-on-one over a number of years with executives that have been in that scenario. And one of the questions I ask is, what naturally comes to you? What What do you know that you know that you know? Uh, that mm-hmm. you can kind of fall off a log and you can do well at it just because you not only have experience in it, but it's just it's always been part of who you are. The artist has probably always been the artist. The singer has always been the singer. The person that loves math has probably always loved math. And you have to mm-hmm. certainly develop that skill. And for me, it wasn't uh, as much about really going into business or needing to be the business owner. It is really the calling of how could I make the greatest impact for what I value and what I feel is important. And I didn't see an organization that I could join that would allow me to go do that with the privately held companies that we focus on. And had there been an entity, I would have considered it. There are today some others, but at that time, I I couldn't find any. So it was more being... I would say drawn into or pulled in this direction than it was let me push into a business opportunity. Uh, so right. it wasn't was, because it wasn't because you couldn't work for the man. It was because your mission sort of pulled you into this. Yes. Yes. I, I was fortunate in the, my prior career, those 20 years, I, I absolutely loved what I did. And to this day, I'm engaged as an alumni speaker for them. And I, you know, I still every year literally work with their sales teams 
uh, it, which is not a client, and I don't get paid for it because I believe in that business. I only left because it was a travel-based job in, in a couple countries, and I was on the road at least 200 days a year, some, uh, some years up to 300. And so I decided I needed to focus for family and just impact reasons in the Pacific Northwest and our business. Uh, otherwise, I would have stayed in that business because I was able to make that impact. But I looked for something here in this region and, and couldn't find the opportunity to do that. So that led me to start something. Like it led me to start Cairo. Similarly, I was looking mm -hmm. for an organization uh, that met this kind of core value set and couldn't find something. So I launched our business and that nonprofit really at the same time. Got it. So describe the business model of One Accord today. Well, let me make it really simple, and I'll start with the market that we serve and back into what we do. So we Perfect. serve privately held companies that are based uh, typically with an owner, founder, family, uh, but they're privately held companies that are going to run from one to five million EBITDA, or if you look in revenues, typically about five to $50 million. Mm -hmm. And that those companies are exploring how to build their value. We focus uh, in the acquisition side and manufacturing distribution and service. And then on the investment banking and consulting side, so there's three parts of our business, which I'll get into. And that is more broadly across really all sectors that we serve, uh, serve there. But we're, we're focused on this market segment of the privately held business where it's someone's, um, it's their legacy, it's their, it's their values, it's often a lot of their identity. It's just not what they do, it's a lot of who they are. And mm -hmm. we want to help them steward that and preserve the legacy that they've built. And often that means they're going to go through some type of transition and we want to be able to serve in that. So we do three things. We buy, we help sell, or operate these privately held companies. And okay. so let me, let me back up. So buy... Uh, Solomon's Fund is that business, and so which is part of One Accord, and that uh, over the past two years has acquired five companies in the Pacific Northwest in a range from manufacturing, distribution, and service, and that will continue uh, to be typically about two companies a year over the next several years. So that's on the buy side, and the sell side, we were we were drawn into that business similarly or pulled into it in working with private companies that we were looking to acquire we found the majority of them doug just didn't have any good representation helping them through the process and again it's their life's work and i just mm -hmm. found that most of the people in investment banking were about a transaction yeah they weren't about a relationship yeah. it was just kind yeah. of like a another plaque on their wall of, oh, look at this other company we sold. And I'm like, this is someone's work. It's their life. It's family to them. And so that led us, our first acquisition, which is called Graphic Label uh, in Yakima, Washington, we were looking at 16 companies. We bought one. Of those 16, 14 
had no professional representation. So wow. that's when we started an investment bank. So we'll work with about 10 companies on an annual basis that are wanting to transition their ownership. And then on the operate side, we currently have over 20 full-time CEOs where we will actually step in to help the owner in running that business and building the value. Pretty common if you take a sub $100 million company that a tremendous amount of the value of that business is tied up in the owner. So the, the issue, if you're looking to buy it, is what happens when the owner's not there? And yeah. how much is it worth without that owner? The only way you know for sure is actually transition the running of that business before you want to go through the process. So we will help work and run 30 to 40 companies this year. Uh, of those, we'll help sell 10 and we'll acquire two. So we buy, sell, or operate. But in reverse, in terms of quantity, we help operate, which is our primary business. That's what we began doing in 2005. So we've done that for, I think, about 450 organizations. And we added the fund and the investment bank over the last couple of years. So all along, we've been helping build value for private owners. Mm -hmm. And then we added the buy and sell side the last couple of years. That's a fabulous summary. And I, uh, uh, I've been privileged to watch at least the last six or seven years of that. And I've watched you grow your organization while you've helped owners grow their organization. So the theme for my podcast is go for growth. So I want to ask you a really open-ended question. What's the biggest challenge that you've seen both in growing one accord through this? And likewise, is that similar to what you see with, with other owners that your team is helping? So again, kind of open question. Yeah, Doug, that is a great question. Um, I am really blessed to have the opportunity, as I said, to meet with a lot of executives that are out, outside the One Accord ecosystem, but also a lot of emerging leaders in our market that I spend time. There's about 20 younger entrepreneurs that I'm in regular one-on-one -on -one meetings with them and some that I've pulled into a smaller group. And, you know, that's one of the questions they'll ask, right? What is, you know, what's, what are the biggest challenges? And mm -hmm. I would say I'll put these two as, as bookends, but they really are integrated and it's very simple and I'll be direct. The first is finding values aligned people. The second that are performance based professionals. So let me back up on that. Values alignment. We hunt hard uh, in the looking for someone for a whatever role it might be on skill alignment. We interview deeply on their skill. We do profile tests to see what's their personality. Is it a you know is it a DISC or is it a in a strengths finder? Is it this or a Berkman that? And we go deep into certifications and experience. And we don't often look at what I believe is the most important. That is, does this person align to the values for which you espouse to in your organization? Whatever those values are, they can be all over the map uh, sure, in terms sure. of what's important to someone. But are you looking for people that fit your value set, 
which begs the question, what are your values? Have you determined yep. your values as a company? And so if I have, I know you well enough professionally and have seen your work. I've actually, I'm on a board of a nonprofit that you serve greatly that, and you help facilitate a strategic planning session. And we were at an offsite uh, board retreat out of state just a couple of weeks ago, reflecting on the great work that you did, that in the meeting and the progress we were making the fa at the foundation was the work that you took us through. And one of the things, if you look around that, that table, and you know most of the people that are on that board, yeah. they're, they're there because they align in values. They're all right. over the map in terms of experience. Right. They're there because they share values. The second right. thing I said is performance-based professionals. You know, a, a person that can really deliver, can they actually get results? I know a lot of people right. that are strategic. I know a lot of people that are incredibly bright. They have a lot of degrees. They've gone to great universities. They may have a pedigree um, that really is great and has probably been very effective in what they have done, but yet to find the person like yourself that can go out and hunt and find the business and put things together and solve problems and doesn't have to work by consensus uh, that can lead, that unique skill set for us of finding someone with strong values who's performance-based uh, is an interesting, challenging mix. And so I can find some people that have great values I align with, and they're phenomenal people I'd love to you know, have dinner with, but I wouldn't necessarily want them in our business because I'm not sure they deliver. And then I find some people, they can deliver. It's just the end justifies the means. The way they go about it is not consistent with our values. So it's a little bit of a needle in a haystack to find that right person. That would be, for me, the biggest challenge. And and the the common denominator is it's all about great people. Absolutely. I mean, we, and the bookends yeah, the bookends yeah. are perfect. The way you describe them, the the dichotomy or the tension between your two bookends is, I get it. I mean, it's real. You're absolutely yeah. right on. Yeah. So, in looking for these people. Do you have any lessons learned, any words to the wise, right? Because we've got people listening in here on us that are like, okay, I get it, Jeff. You're right. Now, how do you go find those kind of people? Um, great question. Um, and I want to give tangible, uh, practical uh, ideas that you can take the theory and say, well, okay, Again, how would I actually do that? So I will give some specifics that I believe can help in that. And I'll give three. The, the first is um, get involved in service uh, outside your business somewhere, whatever it is, whatever your convictions are around. It could be coaching soccer. It could be working with the homeless, right? It could be in junior achievement. It, I'm not so certain that it, really has to have anything to do with your business. I sometimes mm -hmm. see people join nonprofits because it's affiliated with their business, and that can be fine, but that's not what I'm talking about. Find a place you can give. 
as you're a good leader in business, what you'll find is in the work that you do there, you're going to, uh, it's not your vocation, it's avocation. And people are going to see you do a good job at whatever it is you're doing. And you're going to naturally attract some other people around you and start to find through relationship uh, other like-minded professionals uh, that can be part of your organization. Now, let me let me give an example. Uh, the third company that we are privileged to bring in the Solomon's Fund is a company called Far West Fabricators. And Far West uh, is a custom uh, outsource metal uh, fabrication business with over 100 employees. I'm not going to find 100 or 200 or 500 employees through being part of coaching soccer or uh, Kairos <laughs> or whatever, right? Right. But what I can right. find and I have found is I found the CEO of that company and yeah. I just found uh, the the plant manager uh, through one of those organizations, and I found a, another manager through an organization I'm involved in. So it came through relationships, uh -huh. where you get to work shoulder to shoulder with someone on a project, whatever it might be that you do for that that avocation that's part of your calling and your your ability to serve. You start to find people that you work well with. And through relationship, and I find if I've had a few cycles of working with someone, then I have a better idea how they're going to perform when they get in the job. The reality is I have proven ineffectual at the ability to predict someone's success based on a resume and an interview. Okay, so that'll get to number two. Yeah. There are professionals who either in your business or that you know you have relationships with who can then help you vet people out because that is where their expertise resides and there are all different from having someone that's a you know a recruiter that would help do that to someone that's an HR specialist uh, there's different tools that you can use but I would just really say there there is wisdom in the counsel of many and mm -hmm. many doesn't have to be you know I've got to run a person through like some of the companies around here are known to do, known to do I'm going to run them through 20 different people in interviews. I think that's a bit overkill. But don't try and do it on your own. Get a second or third opinion. So we have a little test at one accord. So here's what we do. If someone's interviewing with us, they're going to meet at least three people. I'll be one of them. And we have this two thumbs up approach. And basically what it says is, Look at them for their values and look at them for their experience. And in those two areas, if you have both thumbs up, we move forward. If one thumb's kind of halfway or down, we don't go forward. And if it's not double thumbs up from all three people, we just don't go forward. And it's been really hard for me because I've had some friends go through our interview process, good friends, like people I think are rock stars. And I've had a couple of people on our team come back with a thumb down or, or half sideways. And I just won't usurp for the benefit of our team and culture me pulling the chairman card to say, yeah, but because I'm chairman, we're going to hire him or her anyways. Right. I don't. And where I have 
tried to kind of massage someone to change their mind, <laughs> they proved <laughs> to be right in the long run. So, oh, I'm like, so your okay. batting average isn't so great on that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to stick to our process. Go. So I tell my friends, I tell anybody interviewing that I meet, hey, here's our process. Here's how it's going to work. Uh, so number one, right, is get involved where you build relationships naturally. Get yourself outside your business. Number two is leverage and utilize, you know, other people. Number three is I ask for referrals. If I'm looking for someone, and we're very often looking for people for some of these different businesses, um, I may put something on LinkedIn. I may put something on Facebook. Uh, now, I don't have anybody in my LinkedIn that I do not know personally. So I don't okay. accept invitations if I don't know the person. And I've gone so far to have people request, and I say I won't accept it unless I've met you personally. Where have we met? And... Well, we haven't. You just looked interesting. But I will say, and if you want to meet, and it may take me six months to get it scheduled because I'm busy, but I'll meet. I'm like, I'm just not going to accept it just because I could say, why would I put my name to someone I don't know? Well, similarly in Facebook, I haven't accepted anything from people I don't know. So there's been times where we've actually cast kind of a broad net, but it it's at least through people that I know that can right. get the word out that then we can kind of back into, okay, well, let's find out more about this person. So number three is, you know, use some of the tools that can cast a wide net as you're looking for right people to fit your organization. But there's still a bit of a relationship, maybe not as direct as someone that I volunteered with side by side, but it's through someone that I at least know. Right, and no one trust, and so you're getting a, a you're a second degree connection to them. For right, right, makes sense. Those are awesome three practical suggestions. Thank you. That's that's excellent. Uh, sort of a corollary to that is, do you have any favorite management or leadership tools that you and the team use in your various elements of your business? Yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna zero in on one, and there are several different tools that I've found effective for different applications. But I'm gonna give one that I think is overarching for any business. So back up into our business. So One Accord on the partner side has worked with over 400 organizations to help them build their value. Our tagline is building value built on values. Really straightforward. Okay, mm -hmm. our values are truth, compassion, and service. That's it. So our whole mission statement, like I've been part of companies and in lots of companies for the mission statements on the wall and it's really long and it may be great. I'm just not smart enough to remember them. Yeah. Our mission statement is building value built on values. And then our values are truth, compassion, service. Simple. That's it. Yep. So, and I could unpack what those what those mean, um, and so, but but I have the unique giftedness. That, not that I'm gifted; it's been a gift given to me to to work with hundreds of different companies to see kind of what works well and doesn't. Now I'm eating my own dog food in a way. And what I'm going to say when we started doing acquisitions, 
and we've deployed tens of millions of dollars. Am I going to use actually what we sell? Right? Am I actually going to do what I say we do for other companies? Or are we going to use our assessment process? Are we going to use our strategic planning process? our structure board development? Are we going to actually implement those things in the companies where we're putting money? And we're, we're the majority owner, by the way, so we're not, we're not co-investing. We're, we're the full owner. We own you know, the entire company, uh, and we have full control. So there is one system that I think is heads and tails above uh, the others, and that's the EOS system uh, partnered with the book Traction. It provides an operating system that's ubiquitous, it, it can put, I've got companies that I want to have them on the same language or the same OS. Now, I may have a different ERP system of one company than another because one's manufacturing and one's distribution, but I want to have a common platform or language. And I've mm -hmm. found, uh, Doug, that the, uh, the content and traction it isn't one of these books of nice business theory but it's actually usable content. And then through that, it's been made available that there are the tools that you can actually use in the company. You don't have to have a, a big software licensing agreement or an annual subscription. They just make them available. I'd suggest strongly that any company that would look at that system is going to be better served by having someone that knows and understands the system help facilitate them through it. Because just like ourselves, when we do a business assessment, I actually hire the companies that we acquire, hire one accord folks to do the assessment on them and we pay them the full rate. Because I understand I can't have one of our companies assess itself. It just can't be objective. Right. So. Right. So there are uh, EOS uh, and traction specialists that know how to take a company through this process, but I'm not going to give you, here's five different tool sets in this program. I'm just going to hone in on one right now. And we are implementing that system across all the portfolio businesses that we work with. So my answer is really simple. Start there. You can drill down to specifics for certain industries. Um, you know, different profile tools and things sure. like that. But this is, to me, the most complete and simple, uh, in, this, in essence, OS that you can put a business on. Okay, well, that's a great tip. And as you know, I'm a big fan of traction and EOS, too. So we're, we're uh, reading from the same song sheet here. So well, that's and, good to you know. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm stating what obviously you and I know, but to the audience, when I was talking about that nonprofit board that I'm on that's aligned, and you facilitated us using that system and process, right? I've, so I've seen it work in nonprofits. I've seen it work in for-profits because it's, it's principles and accountability and clarity, right, with the mission and the mm -hmm. vision and how you drill that down into actionable steps. Um, you know, being able to say, okay, what's the number for this? What's the number for that? And um, so I have seen you use it effectively, um, and so I know you not only believe in it, but you're you're really gifted in the instruction of of how to implement it. Well, thanks. And and you guys are just I mean, one accord is just an ideal 
setting to leverage the single operating system with the single language, with the single vision setting tools and the people practices like you talked about before, I, I really commend you. It is, it is a holistic framework for you to, to run even different business, completely different businesses, but on the right. same language. Yeah, so that's, well, that's really fun. I'm, well, thank you. And I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm very blessed. I mean, and you are too in the sense that, hey, we should just be thankful that there was someone that had enough motivation, courage, and, and conviction to write the book and put the system together. Cause I'm certainly not smart enough to have created it myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> nor am, nor am I. And, and I'll just so for our listeners that what Jeff's referring to, the book Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business is written by Gino Wickman. Gino with a G and W-I-C-K-M-A-N. It's been out there about 11 years now, and it's stood the test of time, which is, I think, important, right, Jeff? You don't want to just take the flash in the pan or the latest flavor of the month business book. Yeah, there's a couple business books. I, I have been a fan for years, uh, you know, of, of just a, a couple books. And, you know, Good to Great's another one, right? And Good to Great's amazing, yeah. Yeah, where each chapter is a standalone idea. I see many yep. books that have one idea drawn out in the multiple chapters. Right, <laughs> 200 like, pages look, of one idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I look at Good to Great and say, each one of these, you know, do you have the right people on the bus? Uh, another would be Seven Habits, Highly Effective People, Stephen Cutler. Yep, right another there. great one. Yeah, Seek First to Understand Before Being Understood. They're just basic. Each one is a succinct point. Traction has taken kind of concept and moved it into application because even good to great if you were to say well how do i do that point right i agree with the point now how do i do that good right. to great doesn't move you into that i think that's where traction picks up they're complementary but it actually provides the the framework to execute it and that's to me that's it's uniquely practical uh, across industries Right. Uh, any other favorite business books that are in the back of your mind? Well, I'll just stick with. Uh, let me great, give you a, right? Yeah, let me give you. Let me give you a fourth. Um, okay. Yeah. So obviously, traction. We've talked about you know good to great. Seven habits, highly effective people. Those those three books are pretty well known, especially number two and three. Number four is not well known. Is not well known at all. And it is, um, it's a book called Right Away and All at Once. And the, uh, the author of that book, his name is Greg Brenneman. And uh, Greg is a, a very accomplished mergers and acquisition uh, partner that came out of uh, Wall Street, Bain Capital. He was actually one of the co-founders of Bain Capital, or one of the founding mm. members of Bain Capital. And he were, runs in, in a very large uh, private equity fund. The reason I like his book is it, again, has very specific content that you could use to run any business. But every other chapter actually includes his family story of how he takes the idea from business and uses it in his family. And to me, you know, if you or I are successful in our company, but our family's a failure, that's not really being successful. That's not a successful life, is it? 
Yeah, and that book actually addresses and crosses over, okay, here's how I did it in Wall Street. Here's how we do it as a family. Now, it could send, sound a bit egocentric to say I'm going to take my Wall Street management into my family and have little soldiers running around. And you read it, yeah. it's not that at all. It's very purpose-based. It's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of heart in it. It's got a lot of conviction. And he shares his personal story woven in kind of this corporate M&A practice. So that would be the fourth book. And it's been uh, very helpful for us, again, as a book to give to different company leaders. Well, good. I'm glad you brought that one up because the first three, of course, I know about. That mm -hmm. fourth one's a sleeper. That's a sleeper. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go look that up. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So in a similar vein, as we head towards wrapping up, if yeah. you could sort of think through all the stuff we've covered and think of like the number one uh, sort of advice, the maybe the most frequent advice you give to people that are still in the business building phase, they're they're growing their business, they're not transitioning out. What's the number one piece of advice that you and your team like to share with, with business builders? Are you going to punch me when I see you later if I give two? I'll let you have two. Will you give me? I'll let you have two. If you Jeff. said I could, I'd only do one. Okay, so I'm going to tell no, you. I think uh, I think I think we're we're going to give you a bonus. <laughs> so okay, you get to thank do two. You. Thank you. I'm glad to have permission, or I wouldn't do it. Uh, I'm going to share a story. Um, you know. What I've shared about our company can sound like, you know, wow, you have, you've done really well and it's always been good. No, 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 not always the case. There was a season uh, prior to, to 05 before we launched where we were serving companies well, but our business model itself of how we were doing was not working. The, the economic model for it internally was not going to foot. And I was really questioning the direction I was going. Would the business make it? Were we going to have enough capital? Um, not could we provide value to clients, but could we actually sustain ourselves? If we had done our assessment on us, we would fail. I didn't know what to do. Mm. So what I did is I formed a board, and I did something that I wouldn't suggest most people do. I would suggest you form a board. What I did is I gave that board, an advisory board, voting board rights. Mm. So I had to do what they said because I come from sales, and I was afraid I could kind of sell my way out of an advisory board. So I Got legally it. would have had to challenge them, right, if... I didn't do what they said I needed to do. And I was really questioning the direction and where we were going. One of the board members, and this is my first piece of counsel, Dave Bloom looked at me and said, Jeff, what is it that you know that you know that you know? Go build around that. If your business is going back to your giftedness, the core of who you are, and you can build your company around that. Not the market opportunity, not because you see a niche, not because someone said, hey, you'd be a really good X. You know, according to my high school guidance counselor, I was supposed to be a park ranger, <laughs> literally. Well, you could have been a fabulous park ranger. <laughs> hey, you're really kind. 
and God bless <laughs> park rangers. Yeah, but we need them, don't we? You know what? You know me. I would have died. I'm a relational yeah, person. There aren't enough bears for Jeff to talk to out there in those woods. <laughs> Can you imagine? Who do I get coffee with out in the woods? I mean, really. <laughs> You're not going to do that. That part you would fail, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people are well-intended and say, oh, you, you should do this because this segment of the market's really growing or go be this right. because there's a lot of jobs in it. And what this friend of mine, Dave, said on this voting board is we're going to build your company around what you know that you know that you know, because that you're going to do well. And more of the backstory is part of the reason from 2000 to 2005, I was because there was another part of our business which we hadn't discussed, which was larger than this consultative business that you hear about that we've talked about. There was a larger mm -hmm. part that they said that business is not you. That's a transaction mm. business, your relationship business. And Barry Horn, another board member, said, Jeff, shut yep. it down. That dog won't hunt because it's not you. So my first point, build around what you know. My second one is really important, and that is find service providers that provide service. So make mm. sure that the people that you bring in to be your banker, your accountant, attorney, uh, insurance representative, leasing agent, recruiter, whomever those service providers that you contract know and understand your type of business, your size of business, the season your business is in, the market you're in, the geography you're in, the vertical you're in, and really find people that know and understand your specific space. Because I had some very highly regarded professionals in each of those segments that absolutely did not know our business. They came highly referred and they're big names in our market, but unfortunately they didn't understand our kind of business. And we spent a lot of money with people that provided a transaction like insurance or banking. They did the transaction fine. They provided no incremental value outside that. And I think that's something that most younger new entrepreneurs or newer business owners or people that just get comfortable, they've used the bank down the street for 35 years, that bank's not the right bank for them today, and, yeah. but they're comfortable. So that's my second is to have service providers that know and understand your specific business, that they can provide you service in addition to the function that they do. That's, that's my bonus and round. There's my bonus. Yeah, and that, <laughs> hey, and that, that bonus tip was well worth it. Thank you. That's, okay. that's one that I think people really miss that. They overlook that. And, uh, and I've, I'm sure you've tapped value now that as you've changed your service providers, you found untapped stuff that you can get into and take advantage of. So that's, that's awesome. Thank you. So the, the, um, we're at the end of our time, and I want to make sure that you tell listeners how they can get a hold of you or get a hold of One Accord to learn more. What's the best way? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, going back to my LinkedIn comment, I want about be about relationships, not transactions. So um, our our website is One O N E Accord A C C O R D. So just one word, One Accord. dot C O. If you put a com, you're going to find a wonderful gentleman down in Southern California. 
that mm. has a little nonprofit, and but ours is oneaccord.co. My email okay. is Jeff dot rogers r-o-g-e-r-s at oneaccord.co and i'd love to hear from any listener that i could serve or add value it's it, that's a privilege well that's great thank you for that offer um and i thank you for sharing so many great nuggets today uh there are going to be people going over the transcript of this more than once to pick out the good stuff you shared so thank you thank you very much jeff it's a pleasure. Doug, thanks for your good work. The work you do, uh, the ripples in the pond go far and wide uh, from the impact that you have in doing not only this uh, type of work, because it can get out there through thousands of you know people over many years, but also the one-on-one -on -one you do in uh, serving private companies. So thank you. You're welcome. You're very kind. Thanks. Well, everybody, that's it. Thanks to Jeff Rogers, and thanks for listening to Go for Growth. We'll see you on the next episode. The Go for Growth podcast is sponsored by Resources for CEOs. We help overworked business owners take back control of their time, build a team-driven company, and multiply profits. Get your free copy of How to Get What You Want from Your Business at resourcesforceos.com slash guide.